Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. I sure hope you're ready for a good time because today we're going to feel the zeal. So, when was the last time any of you ever attended a PAP rally? been a while, right? So I'm going to invite you to stand as you're comfortable and able. You don't have to, but I invite you to stand. We have a little cheer we're going to do. You can follow along. All right. Give me an E. C. Give me an A. C. Give me an R. R. Give me a T. C. Give me an H. H. Give me a D. C. Give me an A. H. Give me a Y. y. What's that spell? Perfect. What's that spell? All right, all right. Thank you, cheerleaders. You may take your seats, all of you. All right, cheerleaders, there you go. All right, as you are probably aware by now, we are celebrating Earth Day today. It is, yay, let's give a cheer for Mother Earth. Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you for the food and the air and the water. Yay, we're really grateful for all that. Earth Day is a time for us to recommit our lives, our resources, our energies to living that covenant of making sure that we are creating a sustainable future for seven generations from now, not to mention tomorrow. <laughs> Because we all like clean air, don't we? And we all want clean water, don't we? And we all want clean food, don't we? All of us, whoever we are, wherever we are on planet Earth, the universality of our needs calls us to remember our sense of responsibility, not only to ourselves, but to everyone, and to the plants, and to the animals. So in order to do this work, of co-creating a world that works for everyone, we need to draw on every conceivable resource and power at our disposal, including our spiritual powers and faculties. Now, as Unity True students, you may be aware that we have a teaching called the 12 Powers of Mankind. And one of those powers is zeal. You can just feel it, right? It reminds you of electricity. Zeal. Yeah, we get stuff done with our faculty of zeal. We use the color orange to represent the faculty of zeal. And when we activate all of our spiritual faculties and powers, it enables us to give fuller expression to what we call Christ consciousness than ever before. Each and every one of us is an individualized expression of the creative magnificence of the universe. And for us to live into that promise, we have to be energized. And zeal is the capacity that allows us to do so. Well, interestingly enough, zeal is the foundation of that which we call Earth Day. Well, that's not quite right. Actually, horror is. But we're going to get to that. Earth Day had its inception in 1970 out of a concern for the impacts to the earth of industrialization. In fact, Earth, Care is, earth Day rather is the brainchild of 
Senator Gaylord Nelson and um, a Republican congressman, so a Democrat and Republican, got together after watching the effects of an oil spill in Santa Barbara. But before I get too far ahead of myself, which I have already done, I want to share with you a definition of the power of zeal by Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore. Fillmore said, zeal is the mighty force that incites the winds, the tides, the storms. It urges the planet on its course and spurs the ant to ever greater exertion. <laughs> it is the urge behind all things. Zeal is the affirmative impulse of existence. Its command is go forward. Yes, that's what zeal is. Y'all feel the zeal? You recognize you have that zeal faculty within you? Yes, yeah, certainly. I love that imagery because it invokes nature. And when we think about how nature creates and what nature does, there is a tremendous amount of zeal. So back to where I was going before I got myself off kilter. Earth Day had its origins in 1970 with Senator Gaylord Nelson from Wisconsin and Congressman um, uh, Pete McCloskey from California got together having witnessed an oil spill off the beautiful coast of Santa Barbara. And they said, we've got to do something about this. We've got to pull our resources together and raise awareness about what's happening to the earth. So they connected with an activist named Dennis Hayes and said, Dennis, you need to do like a whole series of teach-ins on college campuses and, and high schools and let people know the impacts of industrialization on the planet Earth. And we've got to do something because we don't need oil spills on the beaches of California, let alone anyplace else. Hayes took the idea and ran with it and decided a good day for Earth Day would be Wednesday, April 22nd, 1970. And you might be wondering, why Wednesday, April 27th, the 2nd rather? Is there something special about that day? Yes, there is, and a lot of people don't know this. The date was selected because it was midway between most spring breaks and the end of the school year, <laughs> and it was midweek when people would more than likely be going to class. So purely practical reasons. Hayes connected with over 85 uh, other individuals to be uh, coordinators, and they created an experience Earth Day, the very first one in 1970. So what, was the, what were the results of that first Earth Day? Well, let's find out from America's trust, most trusted newscaster of the day, Walter Cronkite. The hoopla of Earth Day is over. The problems remain. Only time will tell if these demonstrations accomplished anything. But let's summarize the points that were brought home today to a lot of people who have missed the point so far. For instance, the militants who see all this as an establishment trick to divert attention from what to them are more urgent concerns like civil rights or like Vietnam. They seem to have missed the point that there are no civil rights or peace in a lifeless world. For instance, the politicians who see this as a safe crusade they seem to have missed the point that it will involve treading on more special interests than ever in our history. For the first time, they may even have to come out against motherhood. For instance, those in industry who see the crisis as only the hysterical creation of do-gooders. 
They've missed the point. If they haven't heard the unanimous voice of the scientists warning that halfway measures and business as usual cannot possibly pull us back from the edge of the precipice. For instance, the too silent majority. The greatest disappointment today was the degree of non-participation across the country, and especially the absence of adults. And the young people who did participate were in a skylark mood, which contrasted rudely with the messages of apocalypse. Those who ignored Earth Day, well, that's one thing. Those who ignore the crisis of our planet, that's quite another. The indifferent have missed the point that to clean up the air and earth and water in the few years science says is left to us means personal involvement and may mean personal sacrifice the likes of which Americans have never been asked to make in time of peace. The sense of today's teaching was that America must undertake a revolution in its way of life. Affluent America will, we were told, almost certainly have to scale down its standards of living, give up having as many cars, as many children, as many cans, as many conveniences, as much conspicuous consumption. Someday, we heard today, the world will be a better place if it listens and acts. But in the meantime, perhaps for a generation or more, it will be frighteningly costly to each of us to clean up the mess each of us has made. But the cost of not doing so is more frightening. That's what today's message really means. And those who marched today, and those who slept, and those who scorned, are in this thing together. What is at stake and what is in question is survival. This is Water Crime Guide. Good night. Sobering, isn't it? Very sobering. And yet, there is good news to report. So by the end of 1970, the first Earth Day led to the creation of the United States Environmental Protection Agency the passage of the National Environmental Education Act, the Occupational Safety and Health Act, and the Clean Air Act. Within a few more years, Congress passed the Clean Water Act, the Endangered Species Act, and expanded the Federal Insecticide, Fungicide, and Rodenticide Act, all of which have had enormous and constructive and positive impacts. Kind of makes you long for the Nixon administration, doesn't it? <laughs> ah, don't even go there. Don't answer that question. In 1990, Earth, Care, Earth Day went global. And today, Earth Day is the largest secular observance in the world, marked by well over a billion people uh, as a day of action to change human behavior and create global, national, and local policy changes that will allow all of us to have life and have it abundantly. But struggles persist, don't they? Progress is in no way a straight line. It seems like we're playing whack-a-mole. As soon as you solve one problem, another one pops up. Hey, clean energy, let's do nuclear. Okay, what do we do with the waste? Okay, well, let's build a pipeline. Oh, the pipeline spilled. Oh, you know, these are just life issues. A significant life issue that we are contending with right now is population. In 1970, when the first Earth Day was created in the United States, the U.S. population was right around 204 million. Today, it is just over 334 million. That's a lot of people. In 1970, the population of the Earth was 3.7 billion. Today, it's 8 billion. 
It's more than doubled. And all of these people, all of us, want food and water and air and transportation and sparkly things that do amazing things and all manner of consumer goods and resources. And e the production of each and every one of these things has a consequence. I mean, I sometimes feel dispirited or depressed when I think about what all this means or when I watch the news or read it. I don't watch it on television anymore. I can't stand the imagery. So what happened to the zeal cheerleaders? This is a reminder for us that the maintenance of zeal requires us to lean into our spiritual practices. The maintenance of any of our divine ideas, any of our faculties, requires maintenance. Zeal is kind of like a rechargeable battery. If you don't put it in the recharger from time to time, it won't have the capacity to do what it needs to do. So whenever we feel overwhelmed or despair by the facts of the day, the news of the day, that is a reminder for us, it's a reminder for me, to engage in restorative spiritual practice. Our meditations of whatever form you use, our prayers in whatever style of prayer works for you to connect you with that which we call God. It means taking care of our physical bodies to make sure we are getting quality rest, to make sure we are getting quality food. It is a reminder for us to make sure that we are building in fun as a part of our life experience. Fun is a spiritual practice. Being silly is a spiritual practice. It helps us stay balanced. You know, we need to always remind ourselves of the import of recharging our batteries so that we can do that which is ours to do. One of the things in which I do to recharge my battery is to engage with Scripture. And I say engage. Not necessarily just read, because sometimes I struggle with it. Sometimes I fight with it. Sometimes I ask it questions. I'd like to share with you a passage from Paul's letter to the Romans. He says, let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Now, if I were taking a red pencil to this passage, I would just take out that line. I don't think hating anything is practical. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, but be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Pursue hospitality to strangers. Do not lag in zeal. Be patient in affliction. Persevere in prayer. There is no denying the fact that the challenges before us as regards the well-being of our planet are immense. We cannot deny that. We can also not deny that each one of us is a conduit for divine ideas for divine wisdom. 
staying open to the ways that we as individuals, we as a congregation, we as a people can work together to make a difference, to make an impact. Because here's what happens to us when we engage in our spiritual practices. We open ourselves to be recipients of divine ideas. You know, have you, ever, have you ever suggested something new to a group of people, maybe at a committee meeting, uh, and, and somebody goes, what's the big idea? And you're like, yes, exactly, the big idea. That's the one we're shooting for. One of my teachers, one of my uh, ministerial partners, rather, used to say with amazing regularity, and I couldn't understand why until after a while it just finally sunk in. Maybe it was just truth through repetition. She said, do you tell God how big your problems are? Or do you tell your problems how big your God is? Think about it. Now, again, I'm not diminishing what we're up against, what we're contending with. But who's on our side, or what is on our side, is the creative magnificence that created the universe in the first place. Do you think it is conceivable that various and sundry ideas for taking care of planet Earth can be funneled through each and every one of us, through our organizations, through our scientists, through our governments, through any collaboration of people that can address and attend to what's on the table. You see, because I recognize that each one of us is connected with a great power. And when we decide that the problem is bigger than the power inside of us and that which we have at our disposal, then yes, we feel despair. That's why when I go into meditation, when I engage in my spiritual practices, I can feel my zeal battery getting recharged and I'm getting louder at the thought and I'm about to run and get my pom-poms. Because I don't know what those big ideas are just yet, but I know there are a lot of people working on them. I know that there are a lot of things I can do as an individual that make an impact, and I can use my faculty of zeal and get out there and do something, find people to partner with, and make a difference. I can make a difference. You can make a difference. We are all making a difference. Whenever we stop and realize there is a power for good in, at work in me and in us for all. I get really excited about that. That restores my hope. That allows me to be patient in affliction. That allows me to persevere in prayer. That allows me to not lag in zeal. It's all those things because I took the time to connect with the divine and recharge. So ironically, our faculty of zeal is dependent on our capacity to become still and quiet. So in unity, we teach not only oneness with one another, but oneness with that which we call God. And that which we call God is bigger than any planet and any problem that any of us can ever experience. And yes, that includes our homeowners associations and our immediate family. <laughs> so let's stay open and receptive. Let us not despair. Let us quicken our faculty of zeal. Because we've got work to do. And I'm ready to get out there with you and do it. Peace be with you and namaste.
Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.